Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode, number 305, I've invited longtime friend Tish Oxenrider to help us understand a little bit more about the tradition of Advent. It's for us. It's not for God. It's not like he needs us to light candles and sing a particular song. We all know that. We're not saved by Advent. No, not at all. Mm -mm. Um, This is for us. This is to reset our hearts and our focus to that which is the true reason we celebrate Christmas. So the thing I love about celebrating Advent in our culture is that it feels pretty countercultural in a world that both is focused on the gifts and is focused on the consumption parts of Christmas, it not only reminds us that that's not really what Christmas is about, but it also, because it's a delay in Christmas, because it's truly its separate season, it is Advent, not Christmas, it prolongs some of those things we do because it's about expectation. Tish is an accomplished author, podcaster, longtime online writer. She and I know each other from our old blogging days. Today, she is educating us on Advent, inviting us into a liturgical tradition of counting down to Christ's birth. And I know Thanksgiving comes first, and I get that. And the reason we're doing this episode this Monday is Advent this year actually starts the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So we want you all to be prepared Um, She invites us to a simpler tradition. I know I ended the interview and thinking this might be the perfect year to implement an advent with my boys. They are getting older. We've been doing kind of the same things for a long time. And we may have grown out of some of those traditions a little bit. And also they're around faith so much that I kind of want to freshen up their view with some Uh, new Advent readings and songs leading up to Christmas. We're going to talk about all those things in this episode. Also, listen in for the 12 days of Christmas, because if you're someone who's already started decorating and you are so pumped to be in the Christmas season, you're going to love the 12 days of Christmas because it just keeps the party going a little bit longer. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Tish. Yes. Welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I mean, when I was talking to my husband about who I was interviewing, he's like, I know that name. I said, yeah, she's like been around the internet for eons and <laughs> I've never had her on the show. So that's I know, crazy. I know. I've been podcasting since it was like smoke signals and you have too, actually. <laughs> You've been doing it a heck and long time as well. Well, you and I were in like a podcast mastermind group mm-hmm. kind of trying to sort through all of this technology together. And that's right. Yeah. And you've had like 40 different shows since. So (laughs) I know it feels like it. (laughs) And a new book, which Uh is exciting. It's soft. I told you it's really fun to touch. So that's good. That's good. But tell us a little bit about your journey for the moms who don't know you, which is shocking. Even my husband is familiar with you. Tell them about like your family, how many kids you have. They like to know that kind of stuff. Like center us into your home life a little bit. Happily. Okay. So I am a mom to three kids, uh, ages 15 and a half, which is crazy. So I have a sophomore and then 12 and a half and 10. So I'm in that messy middle stage, right? Where they're, they're no longer super cute and want to cuddle all the time, but there's actually (laughs) some good sides to that, that I have to say, I really like the stage. So I juggle that we homeschool, but go to a co-op three days a week. So I, and I also teach there. So I'm a a part-time teacher as well for high school. Oh, that's fun. Yes. That's fun. 
Do you teach English? What do you teach? I teach English to um, all high school ages. So I teach two English classes. And then this year, I'm also teaching what's called a leadership class. The co-op has this sort of leadership development wing to it. So I teach juniors and seniors basically how to adult in a way. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, We get into like inward stuff, like habit formation, but we're also doing like, I'm going to have my husband come as a guest speaker, like how to change a flat tire. And here is how to make sure you know how to do your own dang laundry so that when you go out on your own, you can adult, that kind of thing. So it's a lot of fun, actually. I really like that age. When you could do like personality stuff so they know themselves better, so yes. they don't wander forever. Like that's right. Strength finders and okay, cool. That's I love so it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm yeah. sure the parents love you too. <laughs> <laughs> they can well, do yeah. their laundry now, that's right? Amazing. Hopefully, yeah. That's the goal. We'll see. <laughs> that's right. The goal. That's the goal. Okay, so your book is Shadow and Lights, and as a family, talk us through like what was Christmas for you as a child? What was your familiarity with Advent, even prior to having kids. Yeah. So I grew up in a Christian home and we were super into Christmas, meaning my parents, well, to this day still, especially my dad just really got into the festivityness of it. I just made up a word um, where <laughs> I'm, I'm pro that keep yes, going. Yes. Where we went all out on the decor, the tree, the lights, the, the, you know, Mm-hmm. It was just felt very festive at home. And we just did the classic, honestly, American Christian thing where we did our tree early in December, took it down probably the somewhere between like the 26th to 28th of December. And it was great fun. Um, we did Santa even. And of course, you we, like whisper it like Santa. Santa was a thing. <laughs> We're going to have um, an episode on Santa or no Santa. Well, you know what? We can talk about that today yeah, because yeah, he, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, but it was, it was just a fun thing. Like it was a thing that was fun and it did yeah. not, I don't know, it felt lighthearted and, you know, from a child's point of view, very innocently sweet and pure and, and just a lot of fun. Um, so fast forward to whenever I first became a parent and we did the early childhood stuff, a lot of my early days were overseas because we used to live overseas in Turkey mm-hmm. in a not predominantly Christian environment. And so celebrating Christmas became sort of an, I don't want to say an outlier thing, but it it was not the culture around us in a way that was kind of cool because then we weren't consumed with the consumerism and the, you know, the Christmas decor out by October kind of stuff. And so it felt a little bit just quieter. Um, and so when we moved back to the States, it was sort of this like, whoa, oh yes, here's what it's like to be in a country that, you know, Christmas is everywhere, but it was also very um, secular. Yeah. And that's okay, but that's just the way it was. And so I almost kind of went through a burnout in a way. I remember it was like around the holidays, 2013 or so, where I just told my husband, Kyle, like, I don't tell anyone, but I almost feel like I'd be okay if we skipped Christmas this year because I'm just not feeling it. Like it just was too much and too overwhelming. And honestly, this was because I can look back now and see I was trying to do all the things. Like yeah. to, in my mind, I thought, well, my kids, this is at that like age where all these things are going to be like seared in their brains <laughs> for like whether they had a happy childhood or not. <laughs> um, and so I felt this like pressure to do the Jesse tree, the countdown calendar, the, you know, do something fun every day. And because real life means, you know, you might have to skip a day or two, you constantly feel behind then. 
yeah. like, oh gosh, we have to do five days worth of Jesse Tree stuff or whatever it was. Yeah. To where by December 23rd or so, I was just like, I'm done. Put a fork in me. I can't wait for the holidays to be over. And I hated that too because I wanted to like them, you know? Yeah. You yeah. kind of lost the magic in that one. <laughs> yeah, <day>. for <laughs> sure. Yeah, for sure. It was survival mode. And at that point, your oldest is about eight. So you've done like mm-hmm. eight years of Christmases. You yeah. know, I think we burn ourselves out when our kids are young. Like we're like, we waste all the energy when they won't remember. Then, uh-huh. yeah, I totally, I feel everything you're saying. And I'm sure the mom out there right now has a seven, five, three-year-old. And she's like, yes, that is what yeah. I'm feeling. I do not want to do a Christmas card this year. I do not want to, right? You know, I, all of the things that I have in my head that I have That's to right. do. So how'd you get out of that place? Right. So I think, well, we traveled around the world soon after, and I don't recommend that for everybody because that's just not practical for all of us at any time. But I will tell you, I I told Kyle around the holiday season when we were traveling, gosh, isn't this nice? Like the kids know we're not going to do things like get a tree because just because we, we did get some green construction paper and like tape a little cutout tree on the wall and we got cereal boxes and made those stockings. And then we gave them like things that we could, you know, still travel with like edible kind of stuff. It was fun. And in fact, it was sort of this like reset button of like, Oh, simplicity for the holidays. This is lovely. And in fact, we were in the Southern hemisphere then. And so it totally did not feel like Christmas. It felt like summer and it was sort of topsy turvy, like, Oh, this gives us kind of an excuse to think about what Christmas is actually about because it's Mm. not actually about the cultural stuff that we feel is so tied up here in the U S that it's hard to untangle that. And so it reinvigorated my desire to know more about kind of the original Christmas idea and the original I mean, I already knew the original Christmas spirit. I mean, I know we're like celebrating the birth of Jesus. That's just sort of what you know, but it still felt a little more like, where did this come from? What's the origin? Why Why does this matter? It's not in the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. to celebrate Christmas. And it reinvigorated. So when we came back to the States, we actually moved states um, back to my, where we, where I'm from, which is Texas. We were in Oregon at the time. And it it was another reset button where we started going to a different type of church. We started going to a liturgical church where I was always drawn and Kyle was too, honestly. We can kind of look back hindsight, you know, mm-hmm. being 2020, he and I both having grown up, he grew up in a Baptist church. I grew up in a non-denominational, I kind of call it a big Texas church. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean. If oh, I do. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And, um, and so it, we just weren't, in that um, type of environment that was steeped in more of the history of the church, like capital C church, and what was practiced for most of the first, you know, 1500 years or so. And so kind of being immersed in that, it gave us a whole new perspective of what it meant not only to be uh, a Christian, but also how to celebrate being a Christian, which involves a liturgical calendar with different seasons that we can all more recognize globally and in unity together as one body of believers. So it really invigorated my desire to celebrate Christmas once I kind of understood its place in faith. Mm. I kind of sense that in this next generation of believers, kind of this wanting to go back, this Mm -hmm. looking for some firm foundation to stand on, to move kind of past the feelings and the hype to, like I told you, we had my friend on to talk about biblical feasts. Like what was Jesus even celebrating? What, 
And then what did the early church do? How did they recognize mm-hmm. the time? And so what I think is really cool is the fact that you understand the non-denominational Baptist for your husband, I think you said, mm-hmm. viewpoint to then embrace liturgy. Because I've seen some of my friends make this transition too. And whereas maybe 15 years ago, it would have been like, is that okay? Um, that to me, it sounds like it's only strengthened your faith to go back instead of seeing it as a more legalism or um, more rigid. It's more deepening, going deeper. Is that valid or how would you describe that transition for you? How has it impacted you? And I would say, you know, this could be a whole separate (laughs) conversation topic to get really into the weeds, but kind of an easy 10 peso way to say it is it hasn't added more to my life. It's actually given scaffolding to the things that were already there because Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. actually believe we all have a liturgy in our lives. We all have a routine and an approach to both just the ordinary day to day, you know, our um, quotidian liturgy of how we run our homes, how we wake up, how we, you know, relate to God, but also in our communal practice, you know, the type of church we go to, we all have a liturgy. So I can look and see, you know, my quote, low church experience, that's not derogatory, that's just versus high church with, you know, more formal liturgy. Um, It still had a liturgy. We just didn't call it that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't have that vocabulary. And so all it's doing is providing a sort of scaffolding that's a little, I I don't even want to call it more structured because the other kind was just as structured, but it's a little more maybe, I don't want to say ancient either, but maybe so, a a little more historic. It's a little more like if some, if a Christian from, you know, 1500 years ago were to suddenly be placed into the church environment we started going to, it wouldn't seem that bizarre compared to the church environment my husband Kyle and I grew up in. It's so different from what Christians most of, you know, since the time of Christ, it's pretty different from that. So it's just more embracing what's been around for a long time is maybe the easy way to put it. It's not suddenly adding all these bells and whistles and smells and stuff. <laughs> um, it, it's stuff that's been there the whole time. We, ju- we just kind of as Americans and as Protestants and in our type of culture have stripped a lot of that away for, you know, whatever reason, for all sorts of reasons. That's another topic, but yeah. 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 And I think like you'd mentioned a couple of times, it's your global experience and seeing mm-hmm. that I think that adds uh, even just like a openness, I think yeah. that you're like, oh, oh, there's like another a way to go about this. Well, and I think one of the things about the global church that's really cool, you know, most of the world, most of the world's Christians are Catholics and Anglicans, like mm. truly mm. percentage wise. Yeah. And they all read the same scripture every week in their gatherings and their Sunday gatherings. And so What's cool about that is there is a sense of rhythm of um, unity that really echoes Jesus's desire for unity within his body that, you know, you can bring it home and read the same scripture and know that there's some other believer in Kenya reading the same thing that day. And then what's really cool, having grown up in what is kind of, quote, a Bible church and my husband's Baptist church, we've, we hear so much more of the Bible, like actual just scripture reading in our liturgical church environment than we ever did growing up in a classically Bible church. And so we are steeped in scripture. And that was something I did not know I craved 
until we started going to this different type of service. And it's like, I just need to hear this all the time because you basically go through the entire Bible every three years, just, just at wow. church, just wow. hearing it. So I, it, it's lovely. I love it so much. I know we have listeners all over the world, and I love the idea of us all coming together around a scripture, and I think the global church is a powerful thing. Speaking of being all over the world, one of our sponsors that I'm super passionate about is BetterHelp. What they do is provide professional counseling online, and they have services available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. It is not a crisis line. It is professional counseling done securely, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. If this time of year particularly is stirring up some past wounds, trauma, or even just this year has provided its own amount of challenges that you need a professional to help you work through, I want to point you to BetterHelp. Dot com. They are going to facilitate great uh, therapeutic matches for you, and it's free to change counselors if you need to. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and there is financial aid available. I want you to get the help you need today to live a life freer and fuller to be all who, that God made you to be. So as a Don't Mom Alone listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month over at betterhelp.com slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone. You can go check it out. They have individual couples and teenage counseling. Go to betterhelp.com slash DMA to check them out. Okay, so let's let's pull back into Advent then. Yeah. For the mom who has maybe... Well, maybe she doesn't even know what that word means. Let's do mm-hmm. that. Let's talk about that. And then we'll kind of differentiate what makes it stand out. So what is that, that word, the Latin even come from? And like, what does it mean? Well, I love that you're starting here because I do want, you know, whenever people are looking at this book or just thinking about Advent, there's a sense of sort of Advent shame, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I'm a Christian. Why don't I? Yeah. Why don't I know this? And yeah. I think there is no shame in just learning. What's the 101? So Advent, the word simply means arrival. So this is a practice that anticipates the arrival of Christ. It's actually a separate uh, season on the church calendar from Christmas. I used to think Advent was just sort of like a posture during the Christmas season. You know, like we kind of recognize Mm -hmm. Advent as part of Christmas. It's a separate season in the same way Lent is separate from Easter. So Advent is the buildup to Christmas in a way, because what we're doing is expectantly waiting the arrival of Christ. And if you want to get really deep in theology, it actually is a both an expectancy of the birth of Christ. And also we remember how we live in the already not yet time of history where we're still waiting for Christ's return. And yeah. so it's, it's kind of a um, symbolic remembrance of Christ's birth, but a real actual, you know, expectancy of Christ one day making right all the wrongs in the world. So we also are, it's a very reflective season where we remember the things that we're still waiting on uh, because our world is not perfect. So the other thing I think is helpful is that I used to think Advent was December 1st to December 24th. 
Right. Like it was mm-hmm. just the countdown in December. Totally that's fair. What my Lego, my Lego countdown calendar, right? And that's why, right? Because mm-hmm. most of the calendars you can buy at the stores, you just start counting down to Christmas starting at December 1st. Totally fair. Nothing wrong with that. But traditionally, Advent is the four Sundays before Christmas. So it just so worked out in the year 2019, that was December 1st. So there are times every now and then it starts on December 1st, but in 2029. And so sometimes it can sneak up on us, especially for Americans when our Thanksgiving just falls on the particular Thursday that happens to be right before Sunday. And that's the case in 2020. It can suddenly sneak up on us where we've got Thanksgiving on Thursday. And then of course, you know, Black Friday. (laughs) And then suddenly you're like, what? It's Advent. Shoot. I was going to do one of those calendar candle things. Oh no. Well, I guess it's too late and it's totally not too late. But yeah, so it's the four Sundays before and um, you start one Sunday at a time and then all the days in between leading up to the final day of Advent is December 24th. And then December 25th starts Christmas tide. So So I am looking at my calendar because Mm -hmm. yes, for some odd reason, Thanksgiving is the fourth Thursday. Right. It's a weird year. I don't get how. I, it's I, a weird what? year is an understatement, Tish. Well, it's right. It's a weird year is an understatement. Might as well make Thanksgiving weird too. Why? I don't even know who decides these things. Is that a. I thought it was always the third Thursday. I, you know what? I, I think they changed that, but I don't get who decides this thing. Is this a Congress? I don't know. Whatever. Is this like daylight savings time? I didn't I, know. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. It's weird. So it's the 26th, and mm-hmm. then you're saying. Advent starts November 29th. Right, right. What? For this year. For and this it, year. The, you know, in the following year, it'll be different. That's why I put in Shadow and Light, like, for the next decade, all You're the years. so helpful. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, people. Aren't you glad I'm doing this episode so you're all prepped and ready? <laughs> I hope you listened to it when it came out. Um, okay. So that is, like, the 101. What do you do on these weeks leading up? Is it an everyday thing? Is it just a Sunday thing? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. And here's the thing. You do what you want, right? <laughs> because there's no like... There's no boss. Uh, there's no you. boss. And Jesus is good with what you need to do, right? So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. for us. It's not for God. It's not like he needs us to light candles and sing a particular song. We all know that. We're not saved by Advent. No, not at all. Um, this is for us. This is to reset our hearts and our focus to that which is the true reason we celebrate Christmas. So the thing I love about celebrating Advent in our culture is that it feels pretty countercultural in a world that both is focused on the gifts and is focused on the consumption parts of Christmas. It not only reminds us that that's not really what Christmas is about, but it also because it's a delay in Christmas, because it's truly its separate season, it is Advent, not Christmas, it prolongs some of those things we do because it's about expectation. And so I'll get into what I mean by that in a second, but literally what I do and the reason I created Shadow and Light is because there's a lot of stuff out there that is Advent adjacent or Advent specific that just feels like a lot. So what I struggled with was I either found stuff that was not really about Advent. It was just more like, yay, Christmas is coming and here's a craft to do. And I'm not a crafty mom. I'm just not. And that's, I own that. And I'm totally okay with that. that. That's okay. I embrace that totally. Or it was so, it was beautiful and deep, but it was so heavy and so a lot, (laughs) like so many words that whenever I had younger children, it just felt like too much. Like they're not going to want to sit here and listen to me read 10 pages about what some person from the 1600s thought about, you know, 
it's Thanks just for not saying that. That's so much freedom. Right. Because we want right. to be holy and <laughs> say amen instead of amen. But that's like what we would torture our children through and they'd have horrible mm-hmm. memories of 10 pages exactly. of 1600. Exactly. To where they would then like dread Advent, like, oh no, it's Advent. Um, So I wanted something in between. I wanted something that was rich and meaningful and not just about, yay, Christmas is here. Let's make cookies, which is not a problem. I just, I wanted something more about actually the birth of Christ, but I also wanted something open and go, really straightforward, cuts to the chase and gets to what we need to do. So the way it works in our family is we have these candles and there are five candles in an advent candle. There's four advent candles, one Christmas candle. And I can get into the colors later. Doesn't really matter because it, it's an adjacent thing. Seems like there's variety too. Yes, exactly. There's not one way to do it. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's such a not important part, really. You can get um, the book and get all the details on the colors. Yes, I was going to say, if you really want to know the history yes. of some of the colors of the candles, read the book. Yes. It's, um, yes. So she we take the candles. Down. We do. And um, we, we, make a, we have a really simple log that is literally from our backyard that my husband Kyle just drilled holes into. We don't even do some fancy wreath. It's a literal, just straightforward log with holes for the candles. We put the candles in. And then we do this at night. I know other families that do it in the morning. It's whatever works. We light the candle of the week. So let's say it's the first night of Advent that Sunday, you know, November 29th in 2020. We light that first candle. And then we read from the first day of Advent's, you know, what I wrote in Shadow and Light. I purposely chose the Psalms as my way of walking through um, Advent for a couple of reasons. And I'll, I'll share why I did that in a minute. But we read the Psalm. I wrote a very short reflection passage, you know, a couple We're of talking paragraphs. Like, yes, guys, this is like maybe <laughs> yeah. a page of stuff to read and then some que- a question. That's right. And then there's a reflection question, which yep. you can, let's say you have little bitties at home, you can totally skip that part or you do it on your own, like in your own journaling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at my kids' ages now, it's a good question to ask something about like, you know, where did you see God today? It's really pretty straightforward and open-ended. And then I have on each day a song and some art. And the reason I did this is because I really like the kind of tactile sensory experience that works really well with Advent. You know, we've got the light for the candles and maybe the smells, but then we've got also the art you can visually look at and the music you can hear. And I love that. I mean, that's also just really fun in the holidays too, right? Um, There's so much great art reflecting on Advent, I mean, from ancient history in in the church and also, you know, modern art from last year. And then there's so much great music and there's a lot of great music that is specific to Advent and not necessarily Christmas carols. And so I have one of those on each. And of course, I've got all that stuff already linked, like as a side bonus to the book. So you don't even need to like go dig it up. You can just like go to the page for Shadow and Light and then just click and there's the art and click and there's music. And that's it. That's all we do. So all it is, is it's a purposeful few minutes of your day to pause and remember what we're looking forward to. That's the gist of what we're doing. Mm. And the way I have it framed is, you know, and this is maybe what's a little bit different than something like a Jesse tree or some other different way of reading. <laughs> Elf on the, the shelf. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, yeah. You could um, differentiate that pretty quick. Okay. Right. Thankfully, there is a world of entertainment options out there. 
And by that, I mean there's a lot of compelling international shows you may be missing out on. It's time to burst your domestic TV bubble and check out Acorn TV. Some of you heard my mention of them before and you were like, what's that streaming service you talked about with British shows and the shows from New Zealand and Australia and Canada? It's Acorn TV. And if you're like me and a big Agatha Christie fan, I was curious if there were any special holiday movies available on Acorn TV. And I saw that they have a Agatha Christie's Perul, Hercule Perul. That's my Belgian French. (laughs) There's a Christmas special. And one of my boys shares my love of a good mystery. So he and I will most definitely be watching it. And if you love a good mystery too, then go and check out Acorn TV. It's only $5.99 a month. And here's the great news. You can escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your seat by trying Acorn TV free for 30 days. This is the perfect time to try out Acorn TV over Thanksgiving and Christmas. Go to acorn.tv. Use my promo code DMA for Don't Mom Alone. That's acorn, A-C-O-R-N dot TV. And the code is DMA to get your first 30 days for free. All right, let's get back to my chat with Tish. So different than a Jesse tree because that was important because I know moms are going to ask me how. Is yeah, and yeah. I have n- and I s- truly have no problem with Jesse trees. If you love them, you do you. They're great. Um, but what I found strug- as a struggle with, especially when I had younger kids, is that because it goes through creation, through I think the birth of Christ. Um, whenever you do a Jesse tree kind of reading, yep, yep. is um, if we had to go to bed early because we were out late because of some Christmas thing, or if just the day was hard and we had to skip basically suddenly you're quote behind right mm-hmm. so the next day we had to read about noah and then we had to read about joseph and then suddenly you know if you have several days where you're behind suddenly i remember there was a time when it was like we would have to do like almost a week's worth in one day yeah. and yeah. when your kids are little it's just like nah can't be done so i wanted something open and go to where you know if we have some company Christmas party this one day and we are not going to do our advent reflection. No big deal. You flip the page and just pick up where you're, where you're at. Okay. That's freedom right there, Tish. Yes. I was going to see that. Like if we miss one, do we do it? And then yeah, like, you just skip, right? man. Oh no, you skip. Okay. <laughs> you, you can, can choose what works for you. Your home eating yes. dinner that night, that works for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, you know, there's a lot of moms that are now homeschooling that weren't before. That's right. Learning or we don't know what the world's going to look like this December this year. Right. This could be right. your Bible. I mean, this could be yeah. like when mm-hmm. your family gathers around God's word that day. And I think it's important to just kind of mention, because I'm saying we don't know what the world's going to look like. Mm-hmm. How do you see Advent being a value this year? <laughs> I know. Oh, my <laughs> right? gosh. Like it, a thousand you know, ways? Okay. So, you know, as an author, it's easy to think like, oh, what a terrible year to release a book because everyone's just whatever. They're turtling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everything is different. Mm -hmm. But what an important year to reflect on Advent I have found. So it kind of worked out that this is a great year um, specifically for Shadow and Light because of, (laughs) like I was mentioning earlier, how it's a both and about both uh, remembering the expectation of Jesus's arrival and also his second arrival here on earth to right the wrongs. I mean, how tangible is it to us? How broken our world is this, you know, in the year of our Lord 2020, it is, it's a mess right now. And Mm -hmm. it's always a mess. It's always a mess till Jesus returns. It's just 
feels really, a little more yeah. mm-hmm. feels <laughs> really, really messy right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. Advent is a remembrance that things aren't right right now. And that's what Jesus said. It, and that's what was promised and that there really is one hope we have to fix all this stuff. And that's what we wait on. The other reason I think is a great season for Advent is just practically a lot of us are going to be home. A lot of us are not going to be on the road this year. And we want to do our best to make our homes feel more than safe and more than comfy. We actually want them to feel um, hopeful, you know, a little bit like if the world is a mess out there, this is a place for my children where I can feel like, oh, we're remembering what we hope for, and it's okay to have joy in this home. And so to reflect on Advent as a way to, um, I don't know, have a purpose or, you know, to, to really not just bide your time and endure till December 25th shows up, m- gives it sort of a renewal of um, expectation. You know, like I had mentioned earlier, there's other things you can do besides just read and say, okay, that was great. Because you're slowly anticipating the arrival, a lot of people who uh, recognize Advent do things like slowly decorate their homes or slowly do their tree as a remembrance of that expectation. So, you know, you put out the tree early in December, but then maybe you put out, you put the lights on it a few days later, and then you leave just the lights on for a week. And then maybe you add the, the, a few ornaments, and then you, maybe you add a few more ornaments, and then maybe it's not till the last week of Advent that you put the star on top or whatever it is you do. Now, I know some families are like, no, 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 that will drive me crazy. Totally fine. You don't have to do that. But some right. people, some families really like that because it, it builds anticipation. You know how a lot of times you're sick of your tree by December 26th and you just want it out of your house. Well, the cool thing about that is because you've been slowly building up to it, now it feels like Christmas on December 24th. Like suddenly now it feels like Christmas. And if you're slowly adding some of your other decor around the house, you can also do, um, you know, like a delay of Christmas carols until um, actual Christmas because you're focused more on Advent type of music. That's about waiting and expectation. And other families I know, I mean, we're not as good at this because we're not purists. Some people even wait to do like Christmas cookies or sweet things until it's actually Christmas and keep food really simple during Advent or even wait for Christmas movies until actually Christmas and do other things during Advent. There's all sorts of ways to just remember the anticipation. And I get that it's easier for some than others, especially depending on the age of your kids. Some kids are just like, I want it all now. And you <laughs> know, mine, mine asked to watch Elf yesterday. So. Exactly. And that's totally fine. I'm like, and- no, we cannot watch Elf until after Thanksgiving. Exactly. Um, so yeah. no, I love, I love all of that because I think one thing we have learned since March is the things we relied on, the comforts, the conveniences that we thought brought us the joy have been stripped away in a way that's caused us to Mm-hmm. refine our view on what actually brings us hope and joy and and what you're describing is that it's it's the it's the stripping down it's the the scripture and the pure hymns and the art and the beauty and the light of a candle which can be so beautiful if you take time to stop and light a candle yes. and i think like we may you know we may not have corporate gatherings at that point we may and to hand this to a parent to feel like, no, you can do this. <laughs> you can, mm-hmm. you can lead your family. And that's early church. It wasn't, it wasn't huge gatherings and yeah. people around the world gather in homes as church. And 
not to stall out in your faith because you don't have the mass gatherings. Um, yeah. I, I think right. it's empowering. I think what you did is empowered parents to, to be that. And, and that may even continue. Maybe they'd never read scripture as a family before. And that mm-hmm. could be um, a starting place to continue because what I also love, I know our time is wrapping up, but our, I love how you go into what Christmas tide, I'm not saying time, tide mm-hmm. is because that may be a new thing if you aren't familiar with that calendar. Right. Um, talk to us about what that is because you said wait to do the cookies or the movies till <laughs> Christmas hits. Yeah. I kind of love this concept. Right. As the kids are out of school. Like exactly. Right before Christmas. And so I feel like we now that we have school age kids, we miss out on all the, mm-hmm. the fun Christmas things because the hype, like it's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, we missed it. It's Christmas right. is over and now we're all together, but we're not doing Christmas things. Yeah. What's, what's Christmas tied? Yeah. It's funny because a lot of times it's those few weeks between Christmas or the one week between Christmas and the new year that can feel the most like kind of down. Yes. And technically Christmas tied is 12 days long. So if you've heard of the 12 days of Christmas, that's Mm -hmm. what this is referring to. The first day of Christmas is December 25th, historically speaking. And most Christians throughout history have recognized this. It became revitalized in around the 1800s because there was a a couple hundred years there where Christmas wasn't as big a deal. But then, I mean, this is a whole other thing, but like the Victorian era with Charles Dickens, um, they revitalized the idea of celebrating Christmas and the 12 days of Christmas. But historically speaking, it's gone from December 25th to January 5th. And the last day of Christmas ends with Epiphany on uh, January 6th. So this is just the way the church calendar has been for millennia. And what it is, it's a feast. It's a 12 days of feasting. And that's what a tide means. It's a season of feasting. And so you truly do have 12 days of Christmas. And there's other, like within that, there's other days that mean certain things that I won't get into, like certain feast days where we recognize different things. But technically speaking, Christians from the for thousands of years, recognized the Magi coming on um, the twelfth night. If you know the Shakespeare play, that's where this comes from. And you have a big party on the twelfth night. Twelfth night parties were a huge thing, and that's when you typically would exchange gifts and do the whole bit. We don't do that necessarily. We still do the Christmas morning gifts, but we like the thought of reveling in Christmas for 12 days. And that's kind of what I mean about when you delay it via Advent, you're not sick of it, right? I know there are times whenever, many seasons I've had in the past where that week between Christmas and New Year, I just want all things Christmas gone and out of the house to have that like fresh start feeling. Well, we then delay that. We don't take down our tree till at least January 6th. And we make that Christmas. That's when we do a lot of our baking, a lot of our eating of cookies, uh, watch a lot of our movies. We have um, an annual friend gathering where we do a big potluck and a cookie exchange. I would love to do a 12th night party at some point um, whenever we're allowed to be around people again. And, um, and they're so much fun. And then, uh, in fact, our church does this like giant bonfire where you can bring your tree if you've got a real one and you do a 12th night bonfire. And so it's still considered feasting all through that time. And I love that it works out with our, like you said, our kids' school schedules because most of our kids don't go back to school till after that. So truly, you have a break if you have a traditional American school schedule all during Christmas and you can make that one big you know, celebration if you want. Again, though, just like Advent, can be low-key and chill. This can be low-key and chill too. You do not have to suddenly do like every day is fun. I mean, we're talking, I mean, we truly do not do that either. We we just, 
we just keep the Christmas lights out and the tree up and just remember, we just make sure we play games and, you know, it's, it's really easy. It's just enjoying each other's company mostly. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And what I love most is the variety maybe for me as a mom, Mm -hmm. like I get excited to maybe implement something different. Not that there's a Tish has now told me the only right way to celebrate Christmas is to do it this way, (laughs) but more just like, Oh, I kind of, I kind of want to try that because I need the variety after all these years. And so, and I think my boys go to Christian school, they go to church, they're like overexposed to the Mm -hmm. point of ad nauseum. They know Jesus. And so I kind of like the idea of a variety in exposing them to new, new art, new music, new, right. New as in it was just made today, but like new to them. Uh Yeah, for sure. And, and tradition. And so, yeah, I think, I think this is all fantastic. How do we approach it and not be snobbery around like Uh friends? Like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing Advent and I'm amazing. And I'm so much smarter than you. How do we (laughs) not like have that? I mean, I know how I can, I know, but you know, like how do we approach when other people are doing a more traditional cultural way and Mm -hmm. we've chosen not to? 100%. This is a real saying that is kind of a joke among those who celebrate Advent that you don't want to become this purist of like, oh my gosh, get that cookie out of my face. Don't you know it's only December 14th? (laughs) Don't be that person. Let's just say that. Romp on my ding dong is what, um, what is that? Aaron Moon says that? Yes. Romp on the ding dong. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So for me, it's just about, I mean, embodying the spirit of Christ, which is a lot of grace with other people. If you are already used to being a Christian in a secular environment, then you know what it's like to just give a lot of grace to your neighbors who do things maybe differently than you would want to do. And for your fellow believers that maybe don't have a clue what Advent is or don't want to recognize it, that's okay. This is not a, um, what is that called? Like an essential versus a secondary mm-hmm. issue. This is not an essential. Mm-hmm. This is a, a frame. This is honestly, the liturgical calendar is a gift to us. It's not a mandate to us. It's so if you treat it like a gift, like something to enjoy, then you get to enjoy it the way it works best for you and your family. So the way practically it works for us is, you know, if we have a Christmas party to go to in early December, we are going to go and we're going to enjoy ourselves. Yeah. We're going to not talk about you know, I can't believe we're doing this. We're, we're not going to be those people. We'll just keep it for our family, for our home, you know, in, in the church environment you go to, perhaps that this is recognized as Advent. And so it's less of a, a thing when you're at church, but really and truly keep it the way you want and don't sweat the world around you. And honestly, even within your home, it's totally okay. We watch Elf before, <laughs> before Christmas day. It's really not a big deal. We just try and keep it open-handed, you know, remember that this is what most of Christians throughout history have done, but it's not a ride or die thing. Jesus is fine either way. <laughs> He's fine. Yeah. He's fine. He's that's right. Doing okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. We don't want to be Advent Grinches. No, exactly. No. Oh, Tish, thank you so much for writing this. It is y'all super user-friendly for y'all and also gorgeous, which is neat. I love yes. that you did that. I love that you it's did fun. that. Oh, and I yeah. just saw it looks like a little cross in the bottom right corner. Yeah. Anyway. So it's my same illustrator that's done all my books. And I just want her to follow me around and illustrate my life because <laughs> everything she does is so good. And so it's basically so good. I told her, make the book almost like holiday decor. Like if it's out, it looks yeah. pretty. And so she did it and it looks great. It does yeah. look pretty. Well, y'all, you can find Tish online. Can you, we'll put the links in the show notes, but if you mm-hmm. just say it, maybe they 
You know, the easiest way is just, just tishoxenwriter.com. That's links to all my stuff, but um, same with Instagram, tishoxenwriter, Twitter, tish, um, but just really tishoxenwriter.com is where you can find everything. Tish, T-S-H, tish. It's a weird name. It's (laughs) no, it's perfect. It's perfect. (laughs) Well, I hope you have a fantastic advent with your family and thank you for sharing it with us today. I love it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks y'all for listening in. I really love this conversation and I am excited. I'm excited for something different like Advent to try out with our family. Uh, Please go check out her Shadow and Light book. There's so many options out there, but if I can point you to one, I really love it. I am going to pray over us for wisdom. Lord, I thank you that in a year gone mad, we have you to center our lives around, that you bring order and peace to what can feel uncertain and and out of control. I pray this season in particular that you would fill our hearts with gratitude, that our minds and our souls would be shifted to remember all the things that you have been faithful through in the past and will be faithful in the future, that we can put our hopes in you alone. I also pray that as we gather with our immediate families, that we could center our hearts around the miracle of God with us, that that would feel tangible, that you did not leave us alone, that you have come and rescued us from how we (laughs) try to solve things, which is doing our way instead of your way. I pray for all of our hearts to turn towards you in this season and to look forward into another year, really finding our hearts anchored on the hope that only comes through you and your son and not anything this world can provide. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks y'all for sticking around. If your family has been wondering how to handle Santa, Sarah Jane and I recorded a little episode we'll be releasing next week to kind of present a spectrum of options. Uh, So listen into that next Monday, just in case your family is planning anything over the Thanksgiving weekend, you will know how to handle that as we head into this next season. All right. Thanks y'all for listening in. Have a fantastic week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.